You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. Moon fucking Nazis. That's it. That's all we got. Literally just moon fucking Nazis. You know, the most unbelievable about that is that they're on the dark side of the moon. Nazis wouldn't be on the dark side of anything. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's fine people on both sides of the uh, moon. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Nazi jokes off the bat. Damn, I feel so unprepared. Well, at least we got the bad ones out the way. We could just go right into this BS. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, I think with that, we just go straight to introductions. If you're wondering what my voice is, my name is Alan. You've probably heard me on all sorts of random podcasts all over the place, mostly on some Final Day stuff. Uh, be sure to check out Final Days of Gotham and Game of Thrones and all over Screener Squad. But to tackle Iron Sky the Coming Race today, I'm not here alone. I'm here with Bradley. Introduce yourself. Hello. Yeah, it's Bradley from lots of stuff as well, mostly Screener Squad reviews. And we have, as always... Ben. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to as well as uh, highly suspect reviews. Uh, sort of what you reviews with us, so all over the place. But uh, I'm not alone here as the last voice you'll hear on here. Um, we also have London. Yep, this is me. Uh, you can see all of me and my articles I've written, film festival stuff I've done. Also done a lot of screening squad. And, and I'm going to introduce no one. <laughs> that's Let's take it right back. That's a good transition right there. <laughs> yeah, so basically, yes, we're talking about Iron Sky, The Coming Race, or the second Iron Sky movie. And for people that probably don't actually remember the first Iron Sky, it was more of a meme than anyone actually remembers the product existing. <laughs> but the first Iron Sky came out in 2012. And it's made by, I'm never going to pronounce this motherfucker's last name, but Timo Vizalura. I'm not going to pronounce his last name properly. I'm not even going to try. But basically, literally, it's just Nazis on the moon. They, uh, there are a group of them during the end of the war. They just go to the fucking moon. And they've been chilling there for 40 fucking years until a random moon landing expedition in 2018 happens. They get some technology and they decide to attack Earth. They, they inevitably fucking lose for some fucking reason. And apparently that leads to apocalyptic event, which leads us into the Iron Sky, the coming race. This is set about 40 years-ish after the events of the first one. Earth is a desolate wasteland, not like they'd ever show us, but Earth is a desolate wasteland. And we kind of just lead right into the moon base is falling apart. And it seems like the last 2,000 people, there's not much, like, there's not much hope that they're going to live any longer until our main character, Obi, meets up with a villain from the past. And that basically just leads into uh, the more of the, more or less the plot of the coming race. Well, an important note is that um, the president of the United States is Sarah Palin. Yes, they brought her back, the same actress, and brought her back in the same fucking role <laughs> to play the president. Yeah, and Stephanie Paul as Sarah Palin for some reason. Uh, they also brought back, which surprised me, that he would come back for it. Udo Kier as the Space Führer, I think. No, he was... The, the Moon, moon Führer, Führer, I think they called him. The Moon it. Führer. 
Which yeah, because like yeah, Jesus. Oh no, sorry, you go ahead. I was just gonna say because Udo Kier is actually a pretty reputable actor. I mean, he was in the first one, and honestly, except for uh, the main guy James Washington, and the only reason I remember that name is because I literally just watched it like an hour ago. Uh, <laughs> he's one of the few people that doesn't come back. They just kind of kill him off screen and say, "Yeah, he passed away. Who cares?" They bring back uh, Renee. I think her name was uh, Rena, whatever her name was from the first one, as the mother, and then you have the main character you're following it as Obi, and she's kind of just like freaking out. It's like, "Hey, I'm trying to." Solve all these problems but the moon base is falling apart and things kind of go nuts until she meets up with the moon fear from the last movie like wait i thought you died no i'm actually a lizard person same thing with half <laughs> of like every important figure in history that's just chilling like on earth Which still they honestly and that's basically more or less what's lot. going on yeah i was gonna say yeah, they lose a lot the... of that fluff in the first one because of that but go ahead bradley sorry no, I was just saying, this is the second time in a movie i've heard that the earth is hollow and lizard people live in it it's, it's not a, a good book. Trying to reference King it's, Kong, yeah. <laughs> the Skull Island. <laughs> it's actually kind of yeah, funny it's... in this one, though, because this one is like, again, all about just being the most absurd you can be. So this movie saying it's hollow and there's lizard people, kind of funny comparatively, because it's not trying to be anything serious at all. I guess that's true. Yeah. Oh, true. But it is. It does try to do that, but it never feels like it's going anywhere. It always feels like it's kind of meandering around the points. Like it feels like this should be like a 30 minute short film, but they have to extend it to an hour and 20 minutes. And it's like, this is just dull. Cause like, yeah, they're, they're basically like the, one of the conspiracies that people are like all the, these historical leaders are all just lizard people. And that's basically what the plot of this is, is like in order to kind of save the human race, we got to go back to earth and get this Holy grail, literally this Holy fucking grail in order to get all this energy to escape and find a new planet. Cause we're just abandoning the earth at this point. And it just, it literally just meanders around that. It's just a fetch quest. This entire movie is just a fetch quest to get this MacGuffin in order for them to leave the planet. And then they just throw in all this absurdity to try to keep your attention. But for me, it never really kept my attention no. more than like maybe 10 minutes at a time. Okay. The effects are kind of pretty, but at times it's like, oh, for your budget, you guys did a really good job with some of these effects. But the, I mean, the digital ones, especially, I mean, the digital effects are the digital effects are pretty good considering. And I agree. The practical effects. Uh, <laughs> the magical effects are, are basic, but one thing even the last movie had is the practical effects themselves are actually not bad. Like, sorry, the, the effects themselves were not bad. You can tell this is a very, very cheap budget. And I think the second one, the only reason it came up was a Kickstarter event or something. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, I think they kickstarted this movie's existence. The only reason the second one even happened. Okay, here's the thing. Like, I, I've been... I've seen a lot of bad luck with, like, when it comes to kickstarting sequels. Because, yeah, yeah. like, because I saw this, and the only other Kickstarter sequel that I can think of, and I know there's been many, but the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Samurai Cop 2. They, what? <laughs> they did a sequel to Samurai Cop? <laughs> yes, there's a Samurai Cop 2, and it's horrible. It's it's actually worse than this, but <laughs> but it, it was a Kickstarter, and yeah. I was thinking, like, with this, they probably, like, they worked so hard to get the Kickstarter star to get the flying, like, oh my god, we made so much money. Oh, that's right. We forgot to write a script. Uh, it's like, let's see. It's, like, it, it's very basic because, again, the main character, Obi, when she's trying to, like, figure out what the hell's going on or trying to find a way to save her moon base, that's when she meets up with the moon fear from the last movie. And he tells her basically just fucking everything. We're humanoid alien shit from underneath the earth. And we have this weird, like, magical thing that can grant us immortality or whatever the fuck. And in order to save your mother and save everybody, you have to go down, journey to the center of the earth, basically, to go find it. And that 
it takes almost like I want to say it almost takes 45 minutes to get to the center of the earth and that's the only time I, I found myself enjoying the movie because it just comes a fun adventure ride like almost like the movie Journey to the Center of the Earth for like at least 25 minutes the movie's actually really interesting because visually like for as small of a budget this is it's coming in like maybe under 30 See, million dollars they use it really really well to the extent where this could have easily been a 60 70 million dollar movie or million dollar movie and it would have been like you would not have been able to tell the difference. Well, okay. See, I kind of disagree what, yeah. with that. And I want to say one of the things is the continuity of this movie just kind of falls apart at some point, which is not saying there's a lot of continuity, but I mean, like the moon Fuhrer, he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, my brother. And then his brother clearly hates him and his brother was Hitler. And it's like, if your brother was Hitler and he's hated you, how were you also a Nazi? And the moon moon fear like that doesn't make any sense and then also when they meet all the other you know famous people that were also lizard people yeah. it's like from all the way back to you know like uh hope urban II the second and genghis khan it's like cool did they not just keep coming back up to earth as other people and taking over the personalities they they just had one shot each and sarah palin literally was the last of this group they didn't have any extra people that we didn't know <laughs> who they were like Look, mm. you're thinking about this way more than it, it does feel <laughs> yeah. like it's a complete discontinued because it's like, well, let's forget the last one happened because it just, again, literally like, hey, Apocalypse, everyone's dead, who cares? And a then lot they're of like, sequels do way, that. All these are lizard people. Yeah. Not just Kickstarter sequels, but a lot of sequels kind of clean the slate, usually with the line of dialogue. But anyways, this isn't bashing sequels. Uh, let's continue. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> that could be another fun oh, podcast. I mean, yeah, but, but in that one. It's, okay. it's so because the thing is, it's like as much as this movie is absurd and kind of it's trying its hardest to be like a come 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 fury movie, but it never feels like it's it's absurd enough. If you know what I mean, like it's always just at that level, but it never commits to any real bits. Like at one point, like they have the red shirt bit, which I think is probably my favorite running joke throughout the entire fucking movie because he puts a red shirt on and you think he's just gonna die at every single sequence, and he somehow makes it throughout most of the fucking film. And there's a there's a one sequence I wish it was longer when he literally has a choreographed fight scene against Raptors. I was like, okay, okay, this movie's getting really absurd, and it kind of it's way too short for me to get interested. It's like you'd pop up for a second, like, oh, this is really funny, and then it kind of falls apart. Same thing with the lizard people being all these historical figures. It's kind of funny at first, but it never goes. They never commit to any of the bits that could have been really well done. See, that's where yeah, I I was saying that, like you said, you had fun with that segment that 25 minute segment of it yeah. i had fun with none of it because yeah. my Aww. main issue is that the performances were so weak i mean the only one that i thought actually fit was what was what's the mute for with the actor's name uh the well the, 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 the actor plays a movie for because oh, he's a seasoned yeah, he's a seasoned actor, and you can put a seasoned actor in any role, and either it'll be campy or he'll play it to the he'll just play it straight. And he and he played it perfectly. That's the only thing that kept me going was that at least when I saw him, it's like, man, he is committing. You know, this is a stupid <laughs> plot, and he's totally into it. But everyone else is horrible. Like, okay, everyone, Tom Green is in this movie. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> We haven't even touched on that whole cult thing, Jesus. I I didn't even want to. It's so ridiculous because it just feels like it's that this feels like a movie that should have came out two years after the first one because it's like the entire cult here is based on Apple products and iPhones and they're all holding like the the first one was supposed to be set in 2018 but they're all holding phones that look like they originated from like the iPod classics with the whole spinning which was 
around yeah it would have been around 2012 so it's like why didn't you just update it to the current phones it's, like that makes no fucking I mean, sense the cult of steve jobs even like this far after his death is kind of funny because it is something that you know i work in the tech sphere outside of doing the podcasting and you see a lot of people who are super you know apple fetishists and all that that was kind of funny they never went anywhere creative with it though they tried to in the center of the earth but even then it was just like yeah. let's just burn off these characters we don't know how to write any more story for here we go well the and it feels like that's a major problem with this movie is they have interesting funny bits but i feel like it's like you're you're drunk in a bar and you're like yo what if like hitler was a lizard and he was chilling with the pope oh that's great write it down what are we gonna do with it no yeah, that's what I, okay that's, that's he's gonna thing. wear a pope hat so people know yeah. there's not gonna be any like real context there but you know whatever no, this is lizard pope <laughs> lizard pope <laughs> okay when you say it like that it's funny but um oh, just yeah, not yeah. in the film but well, okay that's actually a good point let's just talk about let's go back to like the ipod thing the apple thing yeah okay so within the context of this world you know some people worship c jobs as a, as a prophet and blah 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 religion now this exactly. ties in bad this ties into the bad characterization because in the film, the protagonist's mother, she's in the cult. Like, she practices whatever the Apple thing is. Sure. But she was in the first film. And she had her own ideology there. It wouldn't make sense for her <laughs> to be... What? Okay. <laughs> I well, cannot believe I'm going to sit here and defend. Maybe, you know? It would make sense because she had an ideology in the first one that gets completely shattered as a result of her discovering the truth. But then she would have gained another ideology because she doesn't understand what Steve Jobs does or this technology. Because as soon as they get the phones in the first one, it's like they've never experienced something so powerful. So it's like it would make it makes sense that anybody would be part of this cult. So it explains why they're the most powerful I, people I there. Because most of that base doesn't actually know what the fuck technology really is. What I want to say is um, uh, the Jobs did give me one of the biggest real laughs I had in this movie. It's still a stupid, terrible joke, but it was kind of funny was when they are in the center of the earth. And, you know, they thought they found Steve Jobs, which technically they did. But they see the they see the guy who is actually Hitler, who also is Udo Kier playing both the Moon Fuhrer and Hitler. But they see him and they, they're oh, like, really? what's okay. his name? Uh, Microsoft guy, Microsoft guy. He's got to be. And I was like, all right, that, that's, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Like, come on. Yeah, that's all. Wow. I, I, <laughs> see, okay, I, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to debate this because I, as a man who studied religion in college, <laughs> I can talk about how it takes usually centuries for religion to actually become a main staple over time. Let's just cut that out. Let's just, you know, so let's just drop yeah, that. you're putting way more thought than the, yeah, than the, the fucking they screenwriters yeah, they don't did. Care. But but back to what I was going to want to point, what I'm going to make a point was was the general characterization is that a lot of the characters, they did things that just didn't make sense. And when you do something that doesn't make sense, you, you're leading to the story just to have more extravagant scenes. In order to have characters do extravagant scenes, in order for us to, to continue that suspension of disbelief, you need to have fun performances, either very good acting or very campy acting, which this movie has none. Like I was saying, Tom Green's in his movie, he's playing it pretty straight. That doesn't make sense to using Tom Green's time. <laughs> Yeah, that's the first time you've ever heard that. The protagonist (laughs) could be a cardboard cutout and it would make no difference. 
just be like, I have no personality. Well, she, no, though, because she's the one keeping the plot together. Because you have <laughs> like she's the straight man of the group. She whereas is. Whereas the red shirt is kind of the the reason the plot can continue. But he's also again the running gag throughout the whole thing. But then also you have the, uh, the the rushing <laughs> uh, Sasha. But eh, he does his best. I, one of the things Foreign, I found funniest MMA about fighter. that was they actually hired a Russian guy to play the Russian guy, uh, Vladimir Berkolov. They actually hire a lot of Russians and Germans to actually play Russians and Germans in these movies. And it's the weirdest damn thing to me that they want to do this because he's like the weirdest characterization of a, of a skinny Russian guy who's like, oh, I am the Russian. Yes, yes. You want to fuck the Russian. Wait, Let's do this. So you're upset that or so you're confused that a movie is casting Russians as Russians and Germans as Germans? No, I'm sure I'm surprised that they would actually sign on for whatever crazy, stupid bullshit that I think might be considered generally offensive stereotypes of their culture. That's true. Feels like he's trying to get his foot in the door, and that's not fair. He should be given real roles to play. I agree with Ben. You know, I, yeah, not a movie that's gonna get forgotten in like a week. You no, know, I'm kind of yeah. curious. I'm like, did they tell him? I'm wondering, like, okay, do Russians actually sound like that? What he's sounding? Because I'm like, this he sounds like what people no. make impressions of Russians sound like. That's what I meant. This yeah. Yeah. Just like, hey. surprise, he was a real Russian. I was like, this. Did they tell you to do over the top like Catskills comedian impression of a Russian? <laughs> well, no, they just said, "Hey, play Chekhov from Star Trek." Well, that's we just also, fucking that's did that. Cool that everything he says is also a Russian cliche. Like, "Hello, I help you fly the rocket." Um, borched. That's the thing, right? Borched rocket. We go. Dude, I fight the bear. I fight the, the, fight the Russian. Look how tough I am. I can fight a bear with my bare hands. So I, I love it. A movie yeah, exactly. as absurd as this. You guys are upset about the absurdity of a stereotype. Well, like, how then, weird. And then also how he like look. We're gonna go ahead and spoil it. Sorry to all you dozen people that really cared to see this well, he gets know. with Dang. Obi at the end of the movie and it's like I get that they were trying to claim that they had chemistry throughout but no he just was super annoying throughout the whole movie like again one of the passable jokes was kind of him trying to keep up with Malcolm who's basically like a human tank and that's the joke of it mm -hmm. but then it's also like but how when did he ever relate to Obi to have any chemistry to get to this? Hey, you know, she actually likes you thing at the end. There's, there's never a moment of that where they even halfway make it where she like thinks about <laughs> like him. I, said, how, how, I mean, it's difficult oh, to that? have romantic chemistry with like a cardboard cutout. I mean, come was on. Was that supposed to do? be a love triangle? I did not pick up. No, on it wasn't at all. I, in any way, shape or form. Because no, I, I think at one point her mother's like, you, you'll make beautiful babies. I'm like, OK, was, but again, a lot of this stuff just gets brought up and kind of forgone it, because they think yeah, it's kind of funny. It wasn't yeah. supposed to be a well, weird question. Love triangle it was supposed to be like the Russian guys intimidated by him and thinks that she loves him because she knows him and he's muscular and there's supposed to be like yeah, that shirt yeah. seam and he's changing out the armor to kind of like strengthen that. But then, yeah, at the end they're like, Hey, I think you're a good guy. She does too. She wants to bang you. It's like that never came up anywhere. Please, please elaborate on that in the, 35 to 45 <laughs> minutes of dead time and the rest of the stand movie. She does. Please. Oh, God. She does. Could you please so... elaborate? Yeah. yeah, this movie's insanely dull, but I, I think we tore this movie up plenty. So uh, I think we'll go into final thoughts. Uh, who wants to take the first stab at the final thoughts? Well, I just jump. had an awkward question first. Okay. Now, was the okay. mom and daughter relatively the same age for like a sciencey sci-fi reason or was that just casting? 
being weird. No, the what it was is the 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 mother from the first. She was one. Of the, she's lady from the first one, so she would have been like twenty or thirty years older. And the main character would have been thirty. The re, what what happened was is uh she took the weird fucking Hershey kisses and became a fucking. <laughs> you can't tell me that's not what it was. So it was like a sciencey reason why they looked similar in age. Wait. Yeah, yeah, because what happened? She she okay. ages. She oh, took oh. that thing and yet made her healthy again. I mean, I've seen that before in movies, but towards the end, I was like, okay, she's starting to look younger than her daughter. Like, what is going on in this movie? Well, yeah, because she's de-aging to basically what she looked like in the first movie. Okay, so this movie takes place 40 years afterwards. So when she was... she, So at the time, how old was she in the the original film? She was in like... Because she looks like... Uh, I think she was like 18 to 23 in the first one. Like, it seemed like that, or what they characterized her as. She would have had the kid maybe five, six years later... And then it would have been another 30 years that she looks like she's 60. She aged poorly. Let's just say that. I was going to say, because she looks like she's <laughs> at least 102. <laughs> in, in the, she's the got old space age disease. Come on. You don't All know right, what it does to you. That's all, hey, FYI, being a Nazi ages you, man. Just so you know. <laughs> it sure does. In fact, I think we don't need to have any wrap-up reviews. Let's just leave it on... Being a Nazi ages you just end the review. <laughs> no, no, Justin will kill me. So then I'll throw it to you for final thoughts. Let's see if we can wrap this up. Okay. Sure. Uh, so final thoughts. I, I don't think I dislike this movie as much as London, just because I didn't feel Obi was that much of a cardboard cutout. She wasn't great. No one's great in this movie outside of Udo Kier. But I, I, she she gave it a little bit something. I feel, uh, uh, was it uh, Julia Dietz, who's the mother who came back, had yeah. nothing to do in this movie. And I don't think she was necessarily bad in the first one. She may not be a bad actress. She just had nothing to do. Uh, Vladimir uh, Berlikov played Sasha. It's like, yeah, I don't know what they wanted from that character. And it just kind of disappoints you every scene he's in. Uh, yeah. Tom Green. Why? Why are you like, I get him playing a crazy cult leader is <laughs> kind of funny, but it, it kind of just felt like he could have been one of the, he could have been one of any weird actor from any period of time playing that character because it didn't need to be super over the top, but it needed something else. And that's kind of all I can say about this movie. It it could have been more over the top, but it could have also been just more interesting. It's only it's only 90 minutes. Like it's not like they had a huge amount of time to fill. But outside of some pretty good, you know, um, CGI, occasionally good practical effects to passable. I mean, you know, let's be fair. Building a sci-fi world on any cheap budget, you know, that has to have some practical sense yeah. is not easy. And overall, I think the sets looked fine, partially because they actually lit them pretty passively, which is the other biggest issue in sci-fi. But nothing ever comes of really anything in this movie. It's so inconsequential. You won't even get, you know, some, you know, funny little chuckles here and there. There's just a few, you know, absurdist, you know, looks at. Uh, you know, uh, religion in a small way or at politics in a small way that just never fills anything. So I'm going to I'm going to give it four and a half T-Rexes named Blondie out of ten. <laughs> OK, London, you're next. <laughs> OK, yes, I probably did hate this out of everyone here most. So I'm going to give all of the good things out the way. The kudos to digital effects. I will give it props for they had a Kickstarter budget and they did really well with that. Um, and I like the Only I like seventeen the, the, million. Hmm? So I just saw it here as a uh, seventeen million euros. That's what they made it for. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, it's about thirty million. Okay, all right, that, that's okay. That's that's still like I said, that's pretty good for what it was, like for what it is. And the actor plays the Munfer. I keep forgetting his name. Kudos to him here. too. Yes, he nailed it. He nailed the tone. He nailed what he needed to be done. So the only reason it's getting a certain rating is because of them. Everything else, <laughs> I think, was complete garbage. I mean, I like exploitation. I like craziness. I like stuff that takes the story to the nines. I feel like this movie did not accomplish that. And in fact, it made that kind of weird in-between where it was too boring to be crazy and too ludicrous to be interesting. So it's just in this nice little nebulous zone. And I can't, I I can stand the protagonist. I thought she was a terrible actress. I thought she just, she played it so (laughs) blandly. I know she's supposed to be the straight person, but I just didn't, I didn't get that. I'm like, you're just boring to me. Everyone else is supposed to be, oh, these wacky group of characters. And they're all just so lame and so boring. And the acting is terrible on everyone besides Udo Kier. And yeah, and and so I just, in the the end, okay, let's just say this. There's a point, and spoilers, but it's in the trailer, where there's Hitler riding a T-Rex. There's this that scene, just busting, he's riding a T-Rex. <laughs> at that point, I was staring up at the ceiling. I could not care less. Yeah. So that explains a lot. <laughs> well, it didn't amount to anything. It's, no. It sucks. No. And I at first, I was curious, because like I, I was thinking, okay, I was giving it some pride pass. I'm like, okay, you know, this is boring, but at least the effects are good. But I just, I was so irritated because I was just so bored, and I hate the story. So I'm going to give this a three and a half... Uh, Bad makeup jobs out of ten. Alright. Oh, the makeup's right terrible in. too. So, Apparently uh, I forgot. That that oh, too. Yeah, the makeup's <laughs> terrible. God. I forgot to say. It's, it's very spotty. Uh Bradley, go ahead. Well, it's pretty it's kind of pretty to look at. This is the, actually the prettiest B movie I've seen in a long time. And maybe I need to look up what B movie means in this modern age. If I was like maybe 6 or 7 years old, I'd be like, "Whoa, spaceships and dinosaurs and and Germans from that Wolfenstein game." Cuz I don't <laughs> think they call them Nazis in that, but the adults knew. Um this is still pretty terrible. And I here I came up with this little rhyme for Alan while we were reviewing. Oh, no. So here it comes. If this is your humor, maybe you'll like it. And I'll admit that this is really bad. Oh, and what was with the music video at the beginning? That's that's where I got the idea for this. So let's see, like they'd be coming oh, in no. like, oh yeah, we are the Moonrike. We are the Moonrike. You can hear us drumming. We're riding on dinosaurs. You not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> and that's essentially what this movie is oh like people doing their best to make ridiculous old puns like i remember when everything was riding on a dinosaur like 10 years ago and people thought it was the greatest but i think that's tired and that's old now past, yeah, yeah. and same with like oh apple user agreement and i am i right guys like that's ancient jokes so didn't care for it but you know, I could see like little kid me watching this with my dad who would have to suffer through it. Like, oh, my gosh, how much longer is this? But me being like, <laughs> yay, dinosaurs. So I'm going to and this is a mercy review. Give it three out of ten raptor fights. Oh, wow. With people. I think yeah. it will go over to me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> to, I guess finish things off. Uh, the best way to start the, the start of my final thoughts is uh, this is a statement I always say. Uh, this is the longest uh, hour and a half of my life. And watching both these movies back to back, the longest hour and a half for each of these movies. 
because we reviewed something almost early today that was the same it was shorter and it was like, like like two minutes but it felt way faster this just dragged on it felt like none of its bits actually landed and didn't give enough time for its bits to flesh out it mostly just wanted to create enough scenes for trailer fodder so that people can get in and watch how boring this kind of movie is there's no consistency all the acting is either just kind of bad or barely even there they have a few good ideas that i would have loved if they actually committed to it but it just kind of falls apart and you get to the point where it's like this is gonna be the most forgettable movie they want this to be something like the room or birdemic that's gonna be a cult classic and I don't even think the first one ever reached cult classic levels, and this one's going to be just as forgettable. All the jokes feel like they're six, seven years too old. I think they just had the script from the second one and just got the money like a decade later and just made the movie without updating it, which is you could clearly tell with some of the jokes they're doing, like Steve Jobs jokes. Like, come on, it's 2019. Sarah, Sarah like, Palin, really? I mean, yeah, Sarah Palin bringing her back. You could easily updated it with the current president or even a prior president. Uh, but at the end of it, it's like. I didn't enjoy this any more than you guys do, so I honestly think I'm going to give it three weird-ass Hershey kisses out of ten. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad. It seems like they were really feeling like they had a Hitler on their hands, but... Uh, oh, Jesus look, It was just a, a... Sorry for that joke. It was a real Reich. I mean, reach. Sorry. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, no, no. Okay, we're done. <laughs>